Looking to be more nomadic and less traditional? You're in the right place. Broadcasting from Canmore, Alberta, welcome to the Mountain Life Podcast. The stories of life, work, and play in the Bow Valley. Recorded in the E equals MC squared co-workplace with your host, Jason Backdash. Hi everybody, Jason Backdash here from the Mountain Life Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is a very, very special episode. This is one of a few episodes which we're calling uh, the Mountain Life Podcast on the go. And uh, what is that? That sounds so interesting. Well, what that means is I'm traveling for the next couple of months and I'm actually away from the Bow Valley, but I'm coming back. And uh, instead of putting the podcast on hold, we decided to continue with our episodes and with our editorial. And um, such a gracious guest, my first guest for this new sort of style uh, the first of a few is Rachel Meckling, who is living in Canmore and is a fashion illustrator uh, and designer. And she is just wonderful. This is probably one of my favorite episodes, despite probably the lower sort of audio quality and maybe the the uh, cars that are driving by and so on, which I hope you don't mind. But um, enough about that and more about Rachel. Uh, this is an individual that I think is just, you could just feel sort of the confidence and somebody who's really coming into their own just as a, as an artist and as a creative, as you listen to her speak, uh, Rachel just figured out, uh, a way of working that works for her. And, uh, you know, just, she's got, she's super talented. She's got this really amazing style and she just has this beautiful presence about her. And, uh, I just hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I think if you're somebody who is a creative, who's maybe even struggling a little bit, who's trying to find their own sort of foundation, I think this is the episode for you. And I'm hoping that we could use this episode as an impetus to to develop creative community in uh, the Bow Valley as well. Um, I don't know how, but it just it just feels so monumental. Enjoy this episode. Make sure you check out the show notes connect with Rachel, check out her work. It's amazing. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Rachel, like, how do you describe your vocation? Do you describe yourself as an illustrator or do you describe yourself as a designer? Like, just as I'm like talking about what you do and like, how, how would, how do you describe that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think I'm, well, I'm, an, I'm a fashion illustrator and I think I like to call myself especially nowadays like more of like a wannabe designer because I would absolutely love to work with another like seamstress or 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 sewer of some sort because I have so many ideas and like not necessarily patterns but like ideas that are like totally mine and like from my head and um, I draw fashion all the time so it'd be so neat to see some of those come alive because I find although I'm a fashion illustrator um, I don't always draw like you know, I draw a lot of runway, but I don't always stick to that because I don't want to always be drawing someone else's designs. Like I love just drawing my own things. I just never wanted to fully be a fashion designer because it's so expensive having to buy all that fabric and all that. So I love being, having like the kind of like, like talking about mobility, like the ability to kind of work from computer to paper to wherever, you know, if I have my iPad, I could work in LA, you know, I worked on a logo there. Like I can do, you know, work from wherever so I think like I've really stuck with the illustration path and I'm glad that I have just from kind of who I've become and what I want to do but that's not to say that I don't want to design and I do design uh, textiles and patterns 
so we'll put those on some fabric sometime soon. Um, is the is the inspiration for you uh, clothing and like materials yeah. and fabric and it totally is. And I've actually discovered that again because I was doing a lot of live drawing. Like you probably like mm-hmm. me more so almost for live drawing. But I was talking with my agent the other day, and I'm like, you know, I actually have to start with the clothes first, and then like put the faces on after because I love drawing faces, but like I love drawing the clothes, and especially for menswear where it's like kind of like I'm not super comfortable with menswear. Like I love drawing the clothes first, and then like putting the the dude that I don't know's head on top. <laughs> you know, um, if I do like a man and a wife for like a wedding or whatever. And are you like so so? Um, and you and I have bumped into each other when you were doing some graphic design work, but are you, are you still doing graphic design work or like, what is, what does yeah. sort of work life look like for you? Are you, are you like sort of 50%, um, sort of art and fashion design and yeah. fashion illustration? And yeah, I think, well, my studio sort of says it all. I have like one really big desk for like sewing and then my computer so I push my kind of sewing machine away and have like a super clean desk for my computer it's always clean and then I have like my messy art desk for doing all my illustrations so um payment wise like like literally like what I get paid for is like half illustration and then the other half comes from like logos or branding requests um and a lot of those are really personalized which is nice so a lot of those are like a lot of my graphic design is still a bit of illustration but it's just more graphic and a uh yeah so it's about half and half but um i would prefer just to you know be an illustrator one day mm-hmm. i don't want to work on my i mean we all have to work on our computers but i just love it when i can just have my paints and my pencils and you know i'm not really worried about like your my eyes like going blind <laughs> totally is it is it um and, and do you you totally work on your own yes okay Okay, which is like a which is like a really difficult shift for for a lot oh, of people, yeah. right? Yeah, I forgot like to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how how did that? As much, but... Well, how, how did that come up? Because I think it I think it takes a ton of courage to do that, and timing yeah. is really important. But yeah. I mean, what did that look like for you when you decided, okay, no, like you know what, I'm just gonna work for myself. I'm not working for anybody. Um, even though like your revenue and how you actually get paid comes from a few different sources. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know like, like people say this a lot, but like, I do feel really lucky because, um, last Christmas I did some live drawing at a market and I was actually uh, invited to two of the markets. So I did, it was like two Christmas markets within like one month and, um, I made lots of money and I set aside a chunk of it for January and I told myself, okay, I have less of pro image. All I want to do is my art. I'm going to see this month. Like, I have funding for myself. So if I literally made no money, I still have money for February and for January. So um, I just sort of set out, you know, just sort of like hum-de-dum. It's January 1st. And I got a ton of things incoming from the market. And then about three weeks later, I was doing this. I was a part of this um, uh, park in – park is like promoting artists and redefining culture in Calgary. It's a fantastic fashion organization and they put on fashion shows every year but they also put on business forums so I went to one of their forums and like just got so inspired by being an entrepreneur and that night like literally after the thing I went straight to my friend Kelly's house who used to be a part of park and she was like do you want an agent and I was like yes 
Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Like, who is like asked if they want an agent over a glass of wine? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. So, uh, so she's been really helping with manage my time and my workflow. And um, like I said, I've been lucky because I just have a lot of people that have a lot of requests. So I, I do like a lot of what I do is, you know, I draw people or I draw, um, you know, just like requests for branding or for graphic design. And then um, I get those out through Kelly and then I can just focus solely at home on my own work. So I do have like projects coming through, but then it's so nice to like, because I'm at home also work on my own work whenever like I feel inspired. So I feel lucky to be at home to have the ability to go straight to my desk if I want to draw something or whatever. So, Holly, so many great. questions for you about that. <laughs> I mean, the, I guess my first question is, you know, like the, the term agent or when you say like agent, like most of us are, I think we're used to the term being used like in Hollywood. So it sounds very oh, elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Totally. Um, yeah, made me watch it because he's like, you have an agent, you have to watch on her. I'm like, no. And I'm like, I love Ari so much. It's actually a horribly misogynistic show, but it's quite hilarious. <laughs> you can like, if you can like appreciate how lame it is. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I mean, um, like, so, so in your context, like, how did, how, like, what, they, what does your agent do? Like, did they intake the work for you? Is that what it is? Yeah. So her name is Kelly Ray, and she has her own little collective called K Ray Collective, and she has about three or four artists, um, uh, including me. So she's new because again, it was just this year that she sort of branched off as well. Um, so, uh, sorry, what was your question? Like, just what does she do essentially? Well, yeah, like, I mean, that term agent sounds, yeah. you know, like it's, we're sort of used to it in like, you know, in, uh, you know, in a performance context, right? But for you, it's a, it's a little bit different. It's about um, having an agent help you with yeah. sort of a, your artwork and your, you know, like your illustration business and so on. Yeah, she's definitely a lot of things. And I, I we actually have wanted to come up with a different name because when I say manager, it makes me sound like Rihanna. Like, although I would like, love to be Rihanna, like I'm not Rihanna. And then anything else just doesn't really pump her up as much as I really want to because she really actually does a lot for me. Okay. Um, but she, it's sort of like we're, it's, yeah, um, I, I kind of like to call her like, also um my representative because she's the face sort of of my business of the business side of my brand and I do do a lot of events and I'm um physically at a lot of you know like things like drawing so there is that performance aspect of my actual career so it's it's really actually quite nice to have her talk to the client and go over everything and then I get to show up like a magical fairy at these events like it's like hello here I am and I just get to arrive versus like me you know talking about all the magic before it happens and then going there and then having to like produce all the magic so she really helps with um and I think a lot of artists need this is uh separation between them and their client in some manner because there can be a lot of like I mean I, I think abuse is like a strong word but like there can be a bit of disrespect sometimes with people and and you know how much you charge for things like if the artist says that they charge something then the you know the client's more likely to be like oh really can you well can you do this and can you you know it's like well no like this is my price and it shouldn't really matter who the person is you know like if you want to give a private um discount or whatever like that's i guess up to the artist but 
it shouldn't come from like a request from your client, you know? So Kelly's really great with just maintaining standards and um, making sure that like, honestly, like just making sure I don't have hurt feelings over things because sometimes people, you know, they have a request and she tells them a price and they're like, no. And sometimes she doesn't even tell me because it doesn't matter, you know, like, and that's what I would try to tell myself if I was dealing with those clients, but that it doesn't work because artists are so sensitive. <laughs> so it's wow. really nice. She kind of shields me from the world. It's really great. <laughs> Who knew? Um, just so you know, you're schooling me right now. Like I'm like oh. totally, well, right. you know, because I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a artist, but, and I'm not an illustrator, but I am, I have always worked in a creative vocation. Right. Yeah. And you know, all of these things that you're saying, I think is true of anybody who works in a creative vocation where, you know, it's, it's never really black and white, you know, and, no. um, you know, there is this like issue of subjectivity that sort of comes in whenever you're doing a commission or you're doing a client project or whatever the case is. And, and you are so personally tied to the product, like what you produce, yeah. you know, um, and then if you so, try to become less that way, then it's not good either. Sorry. Totally. And it seems like you've you've sort of found like a really good formula that works for you. Um, yeah, totally. To make you successful this way. So, um, Rachel, what is it? So what does a day look like for you? Is it like, you know, you know, do you and Kelly like sort of powwow and you're like, and this is what's on deck for this week or? Like yeah, how do you I'm really lucky like she is like me where we don't really have work hours like we definitely adhere to our clients like most of our clients are 9 to 5ers so we um we make sure that the work we send is within that time frame but like Kelly gets a lot of emails from me at like 3 a.m. and then like she'll check them in the morning and I'll get to them again at like 3 p.m. um so my mornings are usually spent either you know I usually have a breakfast with my boyfriend he works nights as well so we spend a bit of time together I usually try to get outside for a couple hours. My friend just had a baby, so I've been over there visiting quite a bit. Um, but toward winter, I think I'll probably stay inside a little bit more. But I try to get outside, and then I kind of get to work around, like, between 2 and 6. <laughs> and then I kind of just work all night kind of thing. And I always save my most creative work for the for the late evening when I kind mm-hmm. of, when that voice sort of shuts off and you're kind of just tired and you're just sort of like, drawing weird stuff and it's perfect because that's exactly the you know what you want to get out first if you're just brainstorming so that's sort of a day in the life um your style it like i don't know how to really describe it sorry i hope i don't slaughter this but i mean don't worry (laughs) so I, i mean i'm not like super familiar with fashion illustration but like your style has like a certain appeal to it i mean like it's cute sorry I hope that's not a bad word but it's also a bit saucy it's a bit saucy (laughs) but like how do you I don't know like is there words to sort of describe like you just totally inspired me it's like sassy and saucy put together so it's like a-u-s-a-u-s-s-y it's saucy I love that it is it is yeah they're kind of like I think there's a dark element to a lot of my work and I don't mean for it to come out it's just sort of like I don't know, like, I feel like I had a lot of sadness in, like, my early life, and I think a little bit of, like, that kind of, like, like, humdrum kind of is in some of my work, like, there's a little bit of Eeyore in some of the girls, and a little bit of awkwardness, but ultimately, they're really, really, um, like, optimistic and, and fabulous, like, you know, they always have long eyelashes, and they always have a painted lip and a fun outfit, and 
um, they all kind of have their own little sort of uh, attitude. Like I think there is definitely a blanket attitude of like sadness totally. and like, but yeah, and then they kind of within each have their own little, like if they're thinking something or something like that. That's how I like to think of it. And um, yeah. And really like juvenile, honestly, like I always hated in school and we had to shade. Like I was really good at it, of course. Like I'm an artist through and through. I can draw a face and an eyeball if you really want me to. I don't want to. <laughs> so I just draw my own thing. Um, well, so people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, we're always <laughs> talking about the mountains and you and I haven't talked about the mountains at all. But we have a little bit and we've talked about how like it's sort of inspires exploration but i'm so so curious because and when i look at your work i feel like it's kind of well yeah it it, it has it has a bit of like it's a bit cosmopolitan to me right like yeah it feels like city and it feels like lights and um and then but but you you live you live in the mountains and yes like, how did you, I guess, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it like jaunts to the city or do you actually draw it from, you know, the town of Banff or the town of Camor? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, I have to say, like, I love, I'm staring at the Three Sisters right now. So we're on the top floor of our building. We've got a really great view. A small apartment, but great view. We're really lucky. Um, And I find that the mountains have given me so much strength in just being there, like, Last okay. year, um, I crashed my car, so I basically lost my car. Really ridiculous. I do not have a car currently. I've just, I fully do not have a car. So I lost my car. I lost my mom. First off, I lost my mom, then I lost my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's rephrase that. And like, and a few other kind of things happened that were like, oh, seriously? Like, like what more? Like, we got evicted, but then we got this amazing apartment. So like, that was actually for the better. We were only evicted because of uh, the stupid housing uh, bylaws, like for people that are living for more than like 75 days somewhere. Like, really? Anyway. Oh, right. Let's write on that for a bit. <laughs> to anyone who's listening that can change the world. Um, but um, the mountains are just something that's just, they, they've always been there. I was I worked at this place a couple years ago when I first got to Banff at, the, at this little art gallery, and they had this book showing the mountains, like just random photos of the Bow Valley, like now from 100 years ago, and they just haven't changed at all. And that will always stick with me. Like these mountains have been here for like a very long time. I mean, sure, maybe not forever. Maybe they won't be here forever, forever. But like, at least for me, they're going to be here forever. And there's just something so strong about that that makes me feel so safe. Um, and just that, like, I can always count on nature. Like, I can't count on anybody to still be alive, but, like, I can count on nature to be alive. Like, every season it comes up, the sun comes down. There's just, like, that constant pattern that's just, like, so nice. Like, it's just, like, it's so hard to put into words. Like, I'm looking at the mountains right now. I just, like, feel so grateful. And, like, you can see so much space with them. They just show you, like, how really big things really are, you know? Like, if they weren't there, you'd just see a bunch of sky and you wouldn't know how far a mile was. But, like, from here, it's like, holy shit, like, they're so big. Um, mm-hmm. But inspiration-wise, like, I think first off, I feel safe here. And I think artists, I think, like, everybody comes from a different background on what they want. Some people like to be, like, overstimulated. Some people, like, you know, it could be, like, Studio 54, where it's, like, everyone's just in a big room making crazy stuff. But, like, I like to be kind of safe in my room 
Um, and I think I'm a bit of a vacuum and I feel bad about that. And I would, I, and I do like to travel specifically because I stay at home a lot. Um, so, and I did grow up in Toronto for about five years. So I think that's where a lot of my cosmopolitan maybe like flair comes from. But I think, um, overall, a lot of my work comes from my head. And I think that although I'm not necessarily inspired specifically by landscapes, that just looking at the mountains, like, like and like the beauty of nature like where's you know whether it's like a a tree or a flower or like whatever or a scenery like I think like our brain interprets like the beauty of nature in a and they and they talk about forest bathing too like when we see nature like our brain like relaxes so like although it's not specifically the mountains it's just like the nature in general and that and like the vibe that just brings me to like a happy place so when I do my work, like my, my work, I've never done so much work from living here and you'd think it would be the opposite, but like, it's crazy. Like I honestly was, when we first moved here, I was like, Oh God, I'm moving to camera with my boyfriend, classic move, you know, artist girls, you know, follows her boyfriend. And then it's like, actually like I've flourished here. Like I do lots in Calgary. It's only an hour away. And yeah, I don't know. I find it really inspiring. Um, You've probably articulated that. Uh, which I, in a way that I've been trying to articulate for years, because I think, I think it's like, um, uh, if I, if I hear what you're saying, it's, it's, it's the grounding and sort of like the foundation for you to do good work and to do the work that's, that's coming out of your, out of your head. Right. Um, not necessarily, uh, directly being inspirational but creating the environment for you to be inspired right yeah Um, absolutely oh that's so cool um and i mean you hear about things like this right like i heard the other day that um i mean this is i guess more i don't know physiological but people who have a hard time with their eyesight um you know, like if, if they spend more time outdoors in nature, their eyesight's actually better. Like there's a correlation to being in nature and having better eyesight. Oh yeah, know? totally. Yeah. I um, believe it, especially living here when you, you have the, the little like test of like, here are the mountains. <laughs> like every day you just look, you know, like across the way and it's like, I don't know. It's just like I'm from Saskatchewan, so we really have a whole lot of nothing to look at from far away. I mean, we some people would say like, "Oh, you can see your dog running a mile away," and it's like, "Well, no, you can kind of see the distance." But like being in Canmore, you really, I think, have a sense of like volume. Like I'm in like this yeah. massive world, and you see this. These they're huge. Like every morning, it's. I'm again still staring at them. It just psychs me out. Like every day, I'm just like, they're huge. like they're so big like it's insane it's like we live next to like a volcano or something like it's really neat and i just love living here (laughs) the mountain life podcast with jason beckdash we'll be right back hey everybody thanks for checking out the podcast i'm just going to take a few minutes of your time for a few reminders 
First of all, the podcast is sponsored by E equals MC squared. Wonderful co-workspace in Canmore that uh, is available for people like you and me who want to have a lifestyle where, hey, you know what? You want to take off during the middle of the day. You want to go for a hike or you want to jump on a snowboard and uh, and then hit the computer again and hit the business again and start making money again. Uh, so a great place for people like you to plug in. Now, you can check out E equals MC squared in a few different ways. One, come in, check it out. The first day is free. If that's too formal for you, two other ways that you can do it. One, on Wednesdays, we have Lunchbox Lectures. And Lunchbox Lectures is an opportunity for you to learn from other people who are working for themselves, uh, are entrepreneurs, and have figured out a way to not only have that lifestyle, but to make their work work for them. Number two way to plug in, wind down Fridays. So at Friday at about four o'clock, everybody shuts off their laptops and congregates into the equals MC squared living room to chat and discuss the latest and the greatest in the Bow Valley. So don't want to miss that if that's a way that you think is best for you to plug in. So where is E equals equals MC? It's a formula, but it's also a place of work. Uh, So where is E equals MC squared? E equals MC squared is just off of Railway Avenue, right above the sports experts. And uh, it's just on the second floor there. So uh, you know the place, you know the area. We share a parking lot with uh, the Save On Foods. And uh, yeah, we're just right there in the middle of the action in Canmore. Okay, so I will link the address. I will link the website in the show notes. Make sure you check out the website again, Wednesdays at lunch, Fridays at 4 p.m. Check us out. Hey, and it'd be great if you could work in the same space as I am. Talk to you soon. Back to the show, the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Beckdash. You've had a lot of really great things to say about just as a, as a somebody who has a creative vocation, just setting yourself up right and so on. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about commissions and what that looks like in your world? I think one, because I think for anybody listening um, who checks out your your work and is like, man, I really, really want to work up, work with Rachel, um, maybe giving us a sense of what that looks like. And then, um, yeah, and then I have a follow-up question, <laughs> maybe a bit more controversial that I'd like to ask Ooh. you. I can't wait. Okay. First off, do you mean in the sense that someone else would be wanting to collaborate with me and create something with me or just like, here, can you do this for me and I'll pay you kind of thing? Yeah. I think the latter, like, Hey, like this is what I'm hoping for. And, and I, and I think this is good because our worlds overlap when it comes to graphic design. So I would just love to hear your, your, yeah, your thoughts around commissions and how that works with you. Yeah, definitely. The more that I've transitioned out of graphic, I mean, okay, first off, I've been an illustrator since I was like 16, but I did a lot of graphic design to like make money because I didn't know how to be an artist. I just didn't know how to like sell my work and only be an artist. And I was come from, come from a family who's like, you know, you have to get a job and you have to take care of yourself. Like our mom was sick for 12 years. Like we don't have parents. Like we had to like, do like get our shit together. Like I moved out at like, 16, lived with my uncle for a bit, and then like had to do my own thing. So what I realize now is that um, I'm not, I'm no longer like working for someone. So I have to take into consideration a lot of things. So that's materials, 
Um, and that's like what paints I'm buying. Like I buy really, I have some really cheap paints, some really ridiculously expensive paints. Um, some of the paper I use is um, like a medium quality. I always keep like a medium quality for like the sketches because they're sort of like quick. They're 50 bucks at markets. You know, I don't want to like spend too, too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the paper that I do use for commissions is like super expensive. It's by the sheet. Um, another thing that I have to take into consideration is th- there isn't a lot of waste, but like, you know, what if I have to start over, right? So I, every time I buy a piece of paper for a project, I actually buy three. And um, so there's like little things like that. Uh, and then time-wise, like what goes into things, it's so hard to say, like a, like Kelly's so great with um, doing like kind of packages for people. So say it's like a branding package and she'll be like, okay, you get this, 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 and this, and it's this lump sum. And that allows me to kind of feel good about the project where it's like, okay, okay good. That's like a good amount of money because realistically, this is the money that like, so for example, like say you work somewhere for two weeks to get a two week paycheck, that paycheck might be very similar to what I make for one project, but I'm spending two weeks on that project. So it's basically the same thing. Yeah. You know? And it's not really hourly for me because um, I'm working on this super cool project right now. It's for Trans Canada Pipeline um, for their Christmas party and it's uh, Northern Lights themed. And it's so cool. And I like, I literally created so many concepts. Like, it's almost like I'm like, Kelly, should we edit these? She's like, no, show them all. Um, But I spent like a lot of time doing it, even though I didn't necessarily have to. And I just kind of kept going because I was inspired. And then sometimes I don't, you know, I don't really feel the project, but it still takes me the same amount of time. So I'm just trying to get it out on paper. Like, you know, like I don't always love drawing dudes. I find them difficult to draw. So that takes me way longer than drawing a girl. That takes me like four seconds. So, um, so is your question sort of like, how do I like set a price kind of thing? Well, I think that's good. I mean, um, so you do commissions, they go through Kelly and you sort of work with her to sort of set, you know, like the, you know, the pricing and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only thing she would ever ask me is like, you know, what size of paper, um, you know, is this, how much would that be if we're doing this and this? Like she, otherwise she like sets the prices and she's so knowing, like she's so smart about it and she's worked in New York for 25 years. So I have that, like she, she and I both, you know, like have lived in big cities and she's worked for like, she's been a fashion director for a few magazines. She's worked in music, um she's primarily worked in fashion she's just like really really experienced so she she like sets prices before I do because I didn't even know my own worth like I didn't know how to ask for what I was really worth and now that I know or feel like I feel that I'm worthy and I I hate that it like it comes from experience with you know these projects with a monetary value on your work but once you realize that people want to pay you for your work they want to support you. Like some of my clients, like money isn't like, like they're not strapped for cash. Like art is definitely an expendable kind of income kind of like, you know, thing. Like not everybody needs an illustration of themselves, but I think that they're great because I think that they instill a lot of uh, confidence and a, and a really fresh new perspective. I actually think they're fairly therapeutic. So there is that too. But um what am, I'm go, I'm going off off topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, I mean, on a tangent. Um, but yeah, like I think um, she's just really great at setting prices and has helped me um, accept like what I'm worth. And um, and since then, then I've actually I feel now like I have more of a voice 
with some of the projects because like, so at the beginning, I didn't know how to charge. I charged too little. With her, she charged. I was like, okay, this is great. Kept going. And now I'm like, okay, this is great. Like, what do I really, really believe that I'm worth now? Like if people pay this and I know this takes this amount of time and this takes this amount of time and not even necessarily about the time, but just like how kind of big the project feels to me. I can even sometimes up or lower the price depending on what we're doing. So I feel like I have a bit more agency in like what I charge now too, because Kelly's helped me so much with showing me, you know, what people want and like the demand, I guess. Um, my controversial part of the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I have a couple of friends that are artists. I have a good friend who's a muralist who sort of does work back and forth between Vancouver Island and here. And then I've got a friend in Edmonton who's, um, I mean, he's, he's sort of, you know, at late forties, he's finally like kind of hitting his stride and completely replacing his income with art. But yeah, there's always this really interesting tension between commissioned work and doing your own work. Uh, and I just, separate. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how do you, I guess, I guess, how do you um, make sure that you spend time on your own stuff versus getting paid and doing the commission work yeah. with you? You have to pay the bills and so on. But for me, it's rebellion. Like, it's my whole life is rebelling from one thing to the next thing. And that I think comes from my ADHD, too. So say I'm working on a project. I'm getting paid a totally normal, like, great amount. It's not like I'm mad at the project. It's a good project. I'm working on it. But I'm just like, oh, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I all have, like, a, I have this craft paper that I pull over my huge table. And so I can always just write down little jot notes because I don't like working from a notebook because that means that I have to write specifically in the notebook. So I have to have, like, an open piece of paper that I can just write all over. <laughs> So I, I have that, and sometimes I'll just doodle because I don't want to be doing the other thing. And then my doodles usually end up becoming fantastic concepts for bigger projects, or I'll just take a picture of it and then uh, clean it up in on my iPad, print it out, and then do some watercolor on top of it. So, like, I do lots of different things, and that's not always my process, but that's, like, an example um, of what I might do. And then sometimes if I'm annoyed with doing my own like work or if I'm like oh, I'm, I'm not inspired like I don't have that like oh urge to like draw a dress or like whatever I'm drawing I'll go do the dishes like I hate doing the dishes but it's always in rebellion from like one thing to the next I'm like oh I don't want to do this I'll do this instead because I'm not doing this it's, it's so ridiculous I'm totally insane <laughs> no that's so actually makes a lot of sense multitasking, but like for me it's like an emotional thing <laughs> Do you do you start with the client work first thing and you know first thing in your work day like I think you said two o'clock or whatever the case is or or is it different every day or it's so different every day I yeah. actually do not have a routine the only thing that is routine is my boyfriend who eats around twelve every day and then at twelve p.m. when he comes home from work and he runs for like three hours every day so he can do that <laughs> and still look fabulous <laughs> so his he's so helpful I think for an artist having um, I mean, and everybody's so different. So like, I'm totally not trying to blanket this at all. But I think yeah. that for some people that are so uh, creative and, and don't have a sense of time that other people have, like, like the c- clock is always ticking for me in like a different way. Yeah. I'm not like looking at the time necessarily. So like, he really helps me by just being himself and like just having his own routine. And like, I kind of just like flow along with him. So 
if I didn't have him, like I've, when I've lived on my own, it's just been like a gong show. Like I forget to eat sometimes. Like I, or I eat just like terribly or like I work out for like a week straight and then like, oh, it's just like, oh God. So it's really helpful for me to have a partner that has like a bit of his own flow. So I kind of come into his flow sometimes and then come out and into my own flow. And it's, it's really great to have that, but I do not have a routine. No, I wish. The only thing that's constant is that I seem to work at night. Yeah. I hope that uh, answers your question. It does. It totally does. I feel. I feel like I could talk to you forever, and I'm already oh. like I'm already going into overtime. But um, I think two things are really important. I think one, I want to make sure that I get a sense from you. Just you know, like when it's when it's not work, like what do you, like what is Camor and the Bow Valley for you? Like, do you guys hike a lot? Do you are you outdoors a lot, or yeah, is it different so- for you or so, yeah, I can elaborate a bit more on my love for camera for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> growing up, like, I think a lot of girls, like, are told fairy stories, or a lot of boys, too, but, like, girl, girls, I think, have more of, like, an affinity for fairies. Yeah. When I moved here, I was like, I live in a fairyland. Like, if you go to some of the streams and some of the creeks, and, like, every now and then you can catch a waterfall from, like, a glacier melt, like you know, some of the waterfalls are actually like always there and some you just get to see and then you go back and they're gone. You're like, whoa, that was so special. Like, that's so cool. Um, There's so many little things that make me feel so young again and like just so, and I like not insignificant at all, but just so protected. Like I'm important and all these mountains and all this nature is protecting me and, you know, is like alive and, and we just have to protect it as long as we protect it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, But it's like, it's really like, it's magic. Like it's so spritzy and like, just reminds me of just like little spirits and like little, I don't know, like, just like, just reminds me of a fairyland. <laughs> um, this summer I spent uh, time, I have this massive floaty shell from Urban Outfitters. Okay. And it's in the shape of a shell. And I floated down the creek and it takes about two hours. <laughs> and I floated down the creek probably five or six times. And it is so slow and it forces you just to like meditate and I would just like lay there and just like stare at the trees as like I floated by and it was just like I like I think that they should start doing that and like charge money because like people will do it it's so nice um and that's yeah that's one thing that like like just I think just being outside is just really really healing and people forget it it's like if you just go outside for half an hour even like even if you're having like an inside day just go outside for just like a half an hour or like, or don't even say how long you're going to go outside for. Just go outside and go for a little wander and see the sunset or just like walk around and then come home. You don't have to like time it. You can just be outside and get whatever you get out of being outside for that moment. And I guarantee you 100% you will feel slightly better. <laughs> you know, like you will, like there's just no way you won't unless you live in Fort Mac. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. Uh, Rachel, you know what? I think you got it. I would love. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> well, you know what? This is just it. This has been a really, really different episode for me. I think for like a number of reasons, oh. but I feel so stoked about my own work after talking to you. Um, oh yeah, you should. You're I a just like person. <laughs> you have like a goodness in you that like I just hope is like reaches everybody. <laughs> you're incredibly sweet I um the other thing I want to make sure I think we got to do a part two I really do I think okay. um I would love to do that again like I would love to do that face-to-face it'd be so fun 
um, maybe like, you know, sometime next year, it'd be so fun to just kind of connect we again. Could because we do like, like a video one or uh, you just do podcasts, but we could do a video one. If you we could do a video. Why not? Um, no boundaries, right? And I think like... Well, I was just uh, thinking I could wear my hair in a really fun way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we have like to do I'll a video. Like, well, we have, have to. to figure out a fun outfit for it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do it then. Um, yeah, and I, I, I guess, uh, okay, I guess we should, we should finish off though. Like if, if somebody's listening to this episode and is super intrigued, I think, I think they're going to be intrigued for a couple of reasons. I think one, they want to, would want to hire you, um, or, um, commission your work. But then I also, I honestly think you've got so much value to contribute to, I think the creative community, you know, um, just thinking maybe of a young artist or a young creative that's that's sort of because I think we all struggle right like we all spin our wheels and I know that we're I know you're still I know you're still figuring it out I think we always are oh, I'm totally still struggling I just don't have to work like during no. hours <laughs> I think you've struggling. got this I think you've got this you know like I'm yeah. listening to you and I'm like oh man like this is so so smart and um so anyways, I, I, how, how do people connect with you? Like, what's the best way? Like, you've got a really great website with your yeah. work. Is that the best way? Or is there other ways to connect? Yeah. Instagram DMs. I'm just, I'm like, on like the other side of the millennial. So like, I'm a little like too old to like really want to check the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took us so long to connect, right? Probably really good at that. I think you're a little bit older than me. You're probably super savvy. So I shouldn't say that. But like, I just mean um that I, yeah, I think it's more that I'm old fashioned. So emailing is great. Okay. Um, I hate voicemails. Just email okay. me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel me at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and your graciousness. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> I've always wanted so to do fun. one of these. So I've much been fun. listening to a ton of podcasts too, so I, I feel like now I like, get to be on one. Um, well, I'm so pumped for you to listen to this episode. I'm just okay. so proud and of it. I do want to say one last thing, just that yeah. I love commitments and that even though drawing guys is hard sometimes, like it's not like I'm saying bring it on, but like if you really have someone you really want to have illustrated like you and your husband or like you and your, you know, I'm talking to the audience here, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like, like send them my way. We can always start doing creative because I, th- I feel like I sounded kind of mean about that. I don't mean to sound like mean about that. <laughs> no, I still draw men and I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. But anyways, um, I think that's a great idea and we'll definitely, definitely help you spread the word for sure. Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. Thanks, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the Mountain Life Podcast with Jason Bekdash. Don't forget to rate and review this episode if you enjoyed the show. You can find more great content online at themountainlifepodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.